Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're someone who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, certified life and weight mindset coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to this podcast episode, Proactive Mental Wellness. So I've talked about proactive well-being on the podcast before, but not, I don't think, in the context of mental wellness. Now, I want to give you a disclaimer before diving in here. I'm not a mental health professional. I'm not a medical professional. What I share here is through undertaking my own research, making my own observations and sharing what I've experienced or believe. So this episode is purely for interest purposes, and I will list some services offering mental health support at the end of this episode and also in the show notes so that you can reach out to them should you wish to. So let's start with considering what mental health is. So one consideration is that mental health refers to a state of well-being in which an individual realises his or her own abilities, can cope with the normal stresses of life, can work productively and fruitfully and is able to make a contribution to his or her community. It involves a balance among all aspects of life, physical, mental, emotional and social. And so then, what falls into the category of being mentally unwell? Well, we might consider that being mentally unhealthy or mentally ill is a state where a person's psychological, emotional or cognitive well-being is disrupted, which can adversely affect their thinking, mood and overall functioning. Mental unwellness or mental ill health is often characterised by an array of experiences or behaviours that are typically inconsistent with a person's usual self and may impact their ability to function comfortably within social, work or family settings. And of course, there are lots of different types of mental illness. So mental illness includes mental health disorders such as anxiety, mood disorders like depression, psychotic disorders like schizophrenia, eating disorders and more. And mental health conditions also might look like those associated with chronic stress to those associated with traumatic experiences. I find it useful to remind myself that just like with physical health, there is often not a specific switch where someone moves from being mentally healthy to mentally unhealthy. And at the same time, there are, of course, also mental illnesses that can appear seemingly out of nowhere or be triggered by an external event. In just the same way that you can neglect taking care of your physical health for many years before it creates a physical health condition, and you might get a medical diagnosis for an illness that appears out of nowhere for no obvious reason, and you might get a medical problem as the result of an accident or something happening to you, all of these are equally true of mental health as they are of physical health. And so just like I believe in taking care of our physical health to the best of our ability and to give ourselves the responsibility to learn and figure out how to take the best care of ourselves so that we can put the odds more in our favour to avoid chronic physical illness, whilst also appreciating that our best efforts are not going to protect us from medical conditions and accidents, I believe in exactly the same way that there are some things we can do to proactively take care of our mental health to help us reduce the risk of some mental health conditions and become chronically unhealthy. So with mental health, just like with physical health, 
Whilst there are many various factors that contribute to mental wellness, including genetic, biological and environmental elements, there are certain practices and things we can do to support ourselves that may provide some protection. Okay, and actually many of them, if not all of them, overlap with improving our physical health. So you get to double the return on your health investment when you are proactively taking care of yourself. So why am I talking about this on a weight loss podcast? Well, firstly, I believe that weight management and our relationship with food is something that doesn't happen in isolation, but something that is closely intertwined in all aspects of our life. And eating is actually a mental health coping strategy that some of us have unknowingly taught ourselves. So for some of us, food becomes our de-stressor, our comfort, our escape, we might consider it our freedom, or as a client once shared with me, her friend or her only friend that had no expectation of her. But the problem is that when our eating is out of balance, eating to feel mentally better can become a pattern that leads us to the opposite of becoming both mentally and physically well and can actually lead to our mental and physical health deteriorating. And whilst we're all aware of the impact that a poor diet or developing obesity has on our propensity for heart disease, type 2 diabetes and some cancers, we likely don't give quite so much consideration to the impact it has on our mental health. And the converse also applies. So some of us find that when our mental health is below par, the balance of how we want to be eating changes and that can lead to weight gain. Being overweight or obese can have a very detrimental impact on our mental health in a number of ways. It can lead to depression and anxiety. And of course, studies suggest a bi-directional relationship between obesity and being overweight and depression or anxiety. Each condition can be a risk factor for the other, creating potentially a cyclical pattern. Number two is low self-esteem because negative body image and societal stigma towards obesity can also contribute to low self-esteem and negative self-perception. Number three is social isolation and loneliness. People who are obese or overweight might withdraw from societal activities due to physical limitations, fear of judgment or experiencing bullying, potentially leading to social social isolation and loneliness has a detrimental impact on mental wellness. And then just discrimination and stigma itself, experiencing weight-based discrimination and stigma can be psychologically harmful and potentially contribute to stress, anxiety and depression. And then also a factor on its own is of course chronic stress. See how they all interrelate. So managing the health consequences of obesity can lead to chronic stress, including navigating medical care and managing comorbidities, again, can be a source of chronic stress. We've got sleep disturbances. So obesity can be associated with sleep disturbances, such as sleep apnea, which can negatively impact mental well-being through mechanisms like impairing cognitive function and mood regulation. And also just the impact on daily life, physical limitations and health issues can often affect daily activities, work and mobility, which might influence mental health by limiting opportunities and create more stressors, and then there's body dissatisfaction, contentment or discon- sorry, discontentment with body size and shape, potentially exaggerating by societal ideals, can be associated with emotional stress and mental health challenges. So that might all sound rather doom and gloom, but of course the opposite is also tra- true, which is when we start making improvements to how we're eating and losing weight all of those also have the reverse positive impact on all of those different aspects of our mental well-being. The relationship between obesity and mental health is complex and multifaceted. 
but the intersectionality between obesity and mental health underscores the importance of a proactive well-being approach. Okay, so what am I suggesting we do? Well, just like with physical health, very small changes made and done consistently can have a significant impact. And what I realised as I pulled my notes together for this podcast episode is that, of course, they are an exact replica of everything that we help members of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy incorporate into their life to help them lose weight, create a better relationship with food and manage their weight for life and optimise their health. Some of these are very standard and will be very familiar to you already and others, much of what we teach you in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, may be less familiar to you, but equally as helpful and important. So the more standard ones, okay, and no surprises here, but it's important we talk about them. Number one, having a balanced diet. So how many times have we heard that? It's such a familiar statement. We don't really pay attention to it. But I want to dive into a couple of areas of recent research um, that show us when it comes to diet, it has a massively important impact on our mental health. And the first is sugar. So Jessie Inshapoza, who is a biochemist and author who wrote the book, The Glucose Goddess, documents the impact that blood sugar spikes from eating food rich in added sugars and refined carbohydrates had on her mental health. And she references how sugar spikes led to increased incidences of anxiety and depression. And she could connect her anxiety and depression directly to her diet and how she was eating specifically what she was consuming with regards to foods with added sugar and refined carbohydrates. And this is in line with 2017 research from the University of Michigan School of Public Health, which also found positive associations between high sugar consumption and common mental health disorders, concluding that sugar intake from sweet foods and beverages has an adverse effect on long-term psychological health. And a 2020 research published in the British Medical Journal found that healthy eating patterns such as the Mediterranean diet were associated with better better mental health compared to unhealthy eating patterns such as the Western diet and that the effects of certain foods or dietary patterns on glycemia, so that's the amount of blood in our sugar, immune activation and the gut microbiome play a role in the relationship between food and mood as well. Okay, so that's a few things about the foods that we eat. So something else that we often hear lots about is the benefit of regular movement and exercise. And the UK Mental Health Organisation talks on their website about studies that show that there is a 30 or 20 to 30 percent lower risk of depression and dementia for adults who participate in daily physical activity. So there's another reason to get out there and get your daily walk in. Something else that's really important also for weight loss, but also equally important for mental health is adequate sleep. So the Sleep Foundation shares that sleep, especially rapid eye movements, that's REM sleep, facilitates the brain's processing of emotional information. So during sleep, the brain works to evaluate and remember thoughts and memories. And it appears that a lack of sleep is especially harmful to the consolidation of positive emotional content. This can influence mood and emotional reactivity and is tied to mental health disorders and their severity, including the risk of suicidal ideas or behaviours. And one more is active stress management. So Mental Health UK talks on their website about how too much or prolonged stress can lead to physical problems, which include lower immunity levels, digestive and intestinal difficulties, such as irritable bowel syndrome or mental health problems such as 
depression. Now, what you might notice from all of the above is that they all have a multi-directional relationship with each other. So eating well and moving often not only will have a direct impact on your mental well-being, but it will also help increase your propensity for better sleep and decrease stress. So creating an even greater positive impact on mental well-being. And the converse is true. When you're getting good quality sleep and taking care of stress in your life, chances are you find it easier to eat well and find the time, energy and motivation to move more and or exercise. Of course, what's missing here is exactly what's missing from the generic message of eat less, move more when we express how difficult it can be to lose weight. And that's the underlying causes of why we don't do what we know will help us. And that brings me again back to what we teach in the Lose Weight Live Life Academy, which is about how to know your body, hack your brain, manage your mind, enable your emotions, replace your inner critic with your inner mentor and learn how to stay intentional about everything in your life from the smallest daily habits to your big life dreams and goals. All of these are so important when it comes to proactive mental wellness and practicing these as a way of being in your life is what you learn in the academy. And so what does this look like? Well, this looks like taking responsibility for understanding your own body and equipping yourself with the latest information about how different foods, especially processed and ultra-processed foods, affect how your body functions to take care of your mental and physical well-being. This has never been more important than it is now if you are a woman who is perimenopausal or in postmenopause, because research shows that as our bodies transition through this phase in our lives, they become less able to handle the challenges that a high-sugar diet or diet high in processed foods present. The second one is establishing your inner voice or looking at those sentences in your mind, depending on how you think about them, as your inner mentor instead of your inner critic. This requires you to understand where your inner critic comes from so that you can lovingly fire her and become your own supportive best friend and cheerleader who helps you make these positive life changes from a place of self-appreciation and knowing that you're worth it. Number three, understanding the motivations of your primal brain and how to manage those motivations. So even though you know what to do to take care of your mental well-being, it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to start doing it just like that. Or if you do start doing it, that you are going to find it easy to continue to do it consistently and persist in that. In just the same way that you know how to eat to lose weight or be healthier, but you still don't know what to do. Or you still you know what to do, but you still don't do what you know what to do. But when you understand why and know it has nothing to do with willpower or you not being strong or capable enough and instead it's because your primal brain is running the show, which is normal and what will happen on default for all of us unless we equip ourselves to make more decisions that impact our well-being with our higher functioning adult brain so that we can navigate the challenges of our modern world. And then number four, lastly, there is enabling your emotions. And that looks like learning to feel the discomfort and negative emotion that we experience in life in a way that's not intolerable and never ending. And seeing that when you lean into normal human emotion, it becomes far easier to bear. And the negative impact of feeling those emotions is far less negative than all the crazy things we do to avoid them, which is overeat, overdrink, overspend, overconsume, through repeated Netflix binge watching or endless hours of social media scrolling. 
all of which can lead to decreased mental well-being. So where does that leave us? Well, it leaves me with encouraging you to commit to taking action on one very small takeaway thought that came up for you as you listen to today's episode. I've only scratched the surface on this topic, but if you wanted even more of a reason to move a little more, look at food labels so that you can choose your foods based on their lack of added ultra-processed ingredients, or skip the syrup in your coffee order, or just go to bed half an hour earlier to get better sleep, or finally go back to that yoga class, maybe, just maybe, you found another reason for doing so, which is what I want for you. Because remember, just doing one of these consistently will have a positive impact on other areas that will benefit you too. And it might just cause a ripple effect of self-care for you. Also, at the beginning of this episode, I mentioned I would share details of mental health organisations so that you can seek support if you would like to. So if you're in the UK, you can go to www.mind.org.uk. If you're in the US, you might want to check out Mental Health America at mhanational.org. And if you're in Australia, the Mental Health Australia website is mhaustralia.org. All of those websites provide guidance if you're looking for mental health support. Thank you for listening to this episode and I look forward to speaking to you next week. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honoured to have you join the Lose Weight Live Life Academy membership and coach with me. The programme offers different levels of support to suit you including self-paced learning, twice-weekly calls, private coaching, an amazingly caring community, and lots more. Find out all the details about when and how you can join at www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching.